Welcome to Writish, the one-stop shop on your writer journey where we discuss everything writing-related from shiny new ideas through publication. Whether it's on the indie or traditional path and the ish of life that fuels and sometimes gets in the way of our creative pursuits. I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction and alumni of the NYU Master's in Publishing program and the founder of Inimitable Books, LLC, a new book publisher dedicated to uplifting marginalized voices without forcing authors to spotlight their trauma. I'm Kelly, a genre-hopping writer, trier of hobbies, and a debuting author fall of 2023. In today's episode, we are talking about writing craft books. Let's get right into it. Kelly, have you ever read any craft books? No. Would you like to elaborate or should I cut pace moving on? Uh, No, I can elaborate, but I hope everyone laughed. I just, I hope that it had that effect that I wanted it to. But no, I haven't read any craft books. And I feel like that's just because how I learned to tell story is from watching, reading, and playing. Um, But I feel craft books do have their space in the community. And I think that they are a good tool to have in your arsenal. But... I personally have not equipped said tool. Maybe I will in the future. I haven't read that many. I feel like, you know, there are ones that are ubiquitous. Stephen King's on writing Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. I was gifted that by a family friend. I've read some from Writer's Digest. I think you sent me some links to some of those whenever I had questions. Yeah, and I have mentioned on writing romance in season two. I don't remember which episodes. And then they have some other ones that I really like, like they wrote one writing the fiction series. And then they have ones about like fantasy, world building, new adults, the bad characters. I put bad in quotes. So I've liked those, but I read them, but I don't reference them, if that makes sense. Like I just absorb it, but then I don't have it open as a manual. I think that does make sense. Give me one moment as mother, mother duties call. So aside from the very like well-known or popular writing craft books, like the ones you've just mentioned or some that, you know, aren't mentioned enough, what do you think, in your opinion, makes a good craft book? I like craft books that include examples from the writer or examples of pop culture. Because like you said, storytelling is organic, even if you are breaking it down into pieces and formulas at some level. So when you can see it put into practice, I think it's always better. Even if you're someone who's like, oh, I don't want to read the example then you can skip it. But for people who want to, it's there. I also think ones that cover multiple aspects of something, it's not just one note. It's not only covering the main aspect of anything that you're going into. If you were to write a writing craft book, do you think you would do one more so for romance or for sci-fi or where do you think you would fall if you were just to do this? But my brain is like, didn't I already do this in my outlining method that I saw on my Kofi page? But I absolutely do not because that's how I plan a story that's not giving advice on any storytelling methods. 
I don't think I would do a genre specific one. I think I would do something closer to Save the Cat, but without even specifically saying the genres. While the hero's journey has been applied to basically everything at this point. Yes, yes. (laughs) It still has its roots in fantasy. So I think it would be general, and I think it would be very much tapping into how we both tell stories, Kelly, where it's very organic. But then I would have to break it down so that it could actually be a useful craft book, but it wouldn't be, you have to hit this story beat at this time. It would be like, you need to start here, which then organically leads to this point, which needs to exist in the story, but you need to let it grow from... So kind of going back to like Architect or Gardener, I guess the book would be very... Gardener, which is weird because I am an architect for my own stuff. Well, I feel like because for your own stuff, you have a very nice blueprint, you know, but whenever it comes to someone else's stuff, it's easier to tell them how to plant a seed and nurture the seed versus here's my blueprint that works for me. I guess you can apply this blueprint if it works for you, but that's okay if it doesn't work for you. So here's a seed. And I think the here's my blueprint if it works for you great is what I did with my outlining guide. Mm -hmm. And it has worked for a lot of people, which is great. Yes. But that's a framework. Yes, a writing craft book should still be a framework. I don't believe it should be a to-do list because I think that's not a good way to write a story. I think it could be a way that people can revise and I know some people do use it that way. I feel like that would be a very beneficial way to use a craft book. Like go through, write the story, how it comes to you first and then go back through with the craft book to help you. Yeah, I think people bog themselves down too hard by did I hit everything? And I think that's why I was nervous about outlines for so long before I realized and just embraced that I'm a full planner. The idea that you have to have this all set up in advance before you start writing. Again, we've said so many times on this podcast that an outline is not written in stone. The same way that if you're using Save the Cat or some other advice to make sure your book is quote unquote written the right way, which is absolute BS. If you have that all in your head, you're in my mind in danger of stifling your creativity. Now, I don't think having a structure stifles your creativity, but if you have written the thing and then you're like, okay, I need to refine it. Is it missing any pieces? Are things not working because maybe I did something in an order that isn't the natural way that people expect when they're consuming a story? Then you can consult the craft book. Yeah, I feel like that is definitely a way that maybe not a lot of writers initially think to use the craft book. And I, now that you know we're talking about it, I might actually do that with some of my manuscripts because as you know, I'm really good at drafting. It just takes me a while to go back and do the editing because I rather draft than edit. Jumped into revising a few, but I feel like it would, I'm on my fourth draft for the colorful legacy of Valera Everwolf, but now we decided what we thought would be best for that story. And now it's like, oh, we got to break it up. That's like on four drafts. And with some other ones, it's like I start with a draft zero, then I go to draft one. But this is not about drafting. It's about writing books. And I might use a writing craft book to help me with editing. Maybe I'll write one. <laughs> I would love to see. And if there is one, let me know. Like, reach out to me. Tell me. If there's a writing craft book specifically for characters or specifically for villains. The villain book is called Bullies, Bastards, and Bitches. 
Oh, I love that. I love that for a title. Yeah. And it's how to write the bad guys of fiction. But then on the back cover, it says, get to know your character's sinister side. So personally, I like to also think about how it could apply to like even your hero. And we've talked a lot about how a good villain thinks that they're the hero in their own story and things like that. So I think it was just a fun book. And the bookmark I have in it is uh, the Wicked Witch of the West from the Wizard of Oz movie. And it says, you say wicked like it's a bad thing. I love it. But yeah, it's like, not that I don't feel that my characters aren't strong enough. It's just, I feel like you can never add too much to make them terrible, I guess. I mean, you can make them a Mary Sue, but then, and that's something entirely different. I feel like you can make a character so terrible that you're like, what's the point? But I don't think that you would fall into that problem because you always make sure that there's a reason. Thank you for the boat of confidence. So enough about this. Uh, Definitely gonna have to get that book. And I'm definitely gonna need one for heroes. Well, okay, you just said you need one for heroes. So let's talk about our craft books necessary because you've gotten so far without reading any. And I don't remember when I started reading the ones that I've read. But like I mentioned earlier, I don't reference them. So they're all like in the back of my head, but it's not as if I'm using them the way that a lot of author tube does where it's open next to them right so do we need them at all i was gonna say no tea no shade i have never really seen so much about like craft books until i got more involved with author tube in the community like just you know writing stories and being in a smaller area i guess like never really heard of it like yeah I'm sure there's like writing for dummies because, you know, there's also those insert here skill for dummy books. But it's like I never really looked into Stephen King, not because, you know, he isn't a great writer, but just because I personally don't get into horror. I feel like I, as someone who has not read one, can really just be like definite. Yes, they're necessary or no, they're not. But I feel like if you are a writer and you feel like you're not a real writer because you haven't read one, then you're still a real Writer. Oh, child. What What's happening here? Get rid of that imposter syndrome. If you're writing, you're a writer. If you're thinking about writing, you're a storyteller. And once you put something down, then you're a writer. But I don't believe in that advice where it's like, if you're not writing every day, you're not a writer, which goes back to our bad writing advice episode. Oh, the storyteller writing thing. Put that on a shirt or a mug. Callie, if you design it, then we can do it. And so I think that's a perfect segue to talk about where can people find these writing craft books if they are so inclined to, you know, maybe dip their toe in, see what all the fuss is about. So if you're in Appalachia like me, a historically unknown poor area that has little access to books, make sure that you are supporting your local library. If they don't have it on the shelves whenever you go in, you can ask them, hey, can you look into getting this? And then they will hopefully try to get it for you so you can check it out because that's what they're supposed to do. And if you live in a area with maybe more money than Appalachia, you should also be supporting your public library because public libraries are important 
there's been stuff in the news recently about people going off stupidly against free books. And we don't need to live in Fahrenheit 451. And if you don't know what that is, that's a dystopian novel where there are people who are firefighters. That's their job name. But instead of putting out fires, they burn books like the Nazis did. So we don't need to go back to living in a world where books, knowledge, literature, ideas are not easily accessible. So support your local library, even if you have the disposable income that allows you to buy your books. This has been the Writish Podcast, and we'll be back with another episode next week when we'll be talking with the amazing Kate Cavanaugh, who is, in my opinion, the queen of AuthorTube. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Writish Podcast, on Twitter at write underscore ish, on TikTok at Writish Podcast, and last but not least on Kofi at Writish, where in the future we will be doing blooper episodes. Bye. Bye.